Hey, Tyler Shields here, pastor of Rock House Baptist Church. I want to personally thank you for tuning in to our podcast today. We pray that the message inspires you, encourages you, and challenges you to be the person that God desires you to be. Be sure to check us out online at rockhousebaptist.org where you can find out more about how to connect, grow, and go. And now, today's message. Well, as we get toward our seats, I want to uh, take a moment to thank you all. Because um, as your associate pastor, I can't help but to thank what a wonderful congregation I serve. I don't do enough, I realize that. Um, I don't know if we could ever do enough, but I want to say thank you. And if you will, give yourself a round of applause for me, please, because I can only clap for so many. Okay? Um, I really mean that from the bottom of my heart. If you, if you don't believe that, that's okay. Just look around and see what God's doing, okay? I'm very thankful for what he's doing through all of you all. We've got many ministries reaching as many people as possible that I know of. I mean, we're talking about the, the life of Joseph. If Joseph was in prison, ministering, guess where Rock House Baptist is at? Trying our best to get there, and we are there. Joseph's in the palace. Guess where we're at right now? I call this the palace, okay? It don't get no better than the house of the Lord. Amen. So, I want to talk to you a little bit today, though, about um, Joseph and his life and Pastor Tyler. Uh, not last week, because it was Mother's Day, I believe. I, I didn't miss that. I did really good this Mother's Day, this, this time around, because it was our first one. So, uh, I did really good, I think. Can I get an amen, Stacy? Amen. All right. Uh, that just means next year I got to do a little better. I don't agree. That's what I don't know. Sheesh. But, uh, no, again, I am thankful for this opportunity and that the Lord would uh, use us to spread the gospel. But um, I want to talk to you a little bit this morning from Genesis chapter 39. And we're talking about integrity. Okay? And my title this morning is Integrity, What a Godly Servant Looks Like. Okay? Now, you don't have to raise your hand, but how many people in here appreciate persecution? They meaning going to raise their hand. Is there? Ooh, that's a tough question, right? Um, I don't really, but hopefully today's sermon will make you okay with the persecution that comes along in your life. So I'm going to start this out like a 30 for 30 ESPN show. If you haven't watched it, this is how it starts. What if I told you? You know, you ever seen that? Kyle, Chris, probably the only man knows what I'm talking about in here. <laughs> Watch them all, huh? Well, what if I told you that uh, God's chosen people from time to time was called to suffer? Would you still want to follow Jesus? Or what if I told you that your loyalty to God will lead you to persecution? Would you still stay faithful to the Lord? See, we've been talking about the life of Joseph. And we seen right off the bat that Joseph had these dreams, and these dreams got him in a little bit of trouble with his brothers, right? And went around kind of bragging a little bit. Hey, I got this coat. Had these dreams. You're bowing down to me. Yada, yada, yada. They said, we've had enough. And they've got him in this situation that we're going to talk about today, okay? Um, but as we go, I'd like for you to notice Joseph's integrity through it all, okay? And remember God's promise that he promised to Abraham, that uh, everybody would be blessed through Abraham. And so Joseph is going to do that today. 
Um, so I want to start, if you have your Bibles, your phones, whatever, your tablets, whatever the new age thing is, uh, your watch probably, uh, turn to chapter 39. We're going to go through the whole chapter. We're not going to read every verse. Uh, this message is probably long enough as it is. So I will do my best to summarize it up for you, and I pray that God is here today. Let me go to the Lord in prayer before we begin. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for your love and your mercy. Lord, I pray that you remove me. You remove anything that's distracting to us today. And for the next 20 to 25 minutes, whatever we are in your house, Lord, however long, I pray that it be all about you, that your name be uplifted. Bless this service. And if there's somebody here that doesn't know you, Father, I pray that through the life of Joseph and through the words that said today, Lord, that they come to know you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Verse 1 says this, Now Joseph had been taken to Egypt. An Egyptian named Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh and the captain of the guard, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had brought him there. I practiced that a lot because I got a little tongue-tied as it went. The Lord was with Joseph. That's really important. Okay, that's really important. And I know you say, well, I know that, but just hang with me. The Lord was with Joseph, and he became a successful man, serving in the household of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made everything he did successful, verse 4 says, Joseph found favor in his master's sight and became his personal attendant. Potiphar also put him in charge of his household and placed all that he owned under his authority. From the time that he put him in charge of his household and all of that he owned, the Lord blessed the Egyptian house because of Joseph. The Lord's blessing was on all that he owned and in his house and in his fields. Verse 6. He left all that he owned under Joseph's authority he did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. Now, if you're still reading in the Bible, you know there's a little part of verse 6 that I left out we will get to in just a moment. That's called the setup in just a minute, okay? But my first point this morning I want to talk about is to let God have control. Now, many of you sitting here hearing my voice probably say, oh, that's no big deal. But I want to really ask you the question again. Does God have full control of your life? Think about that. Does he guide every decision that I make? Do I go to him when I first wake up in the morning? Do I go to him in the middle of the day? Do I go to him right before I lay down, knowing that he holds everything in his hands? So, here we are. Joseph finds himself in a situation that he truly didn't deserve, let's be honest. It was all beginning with a dream that the Lord gave him. <laughs> kind of funny, ironic, I think. Yet the Bible tells us that the Lord was with him. And if you read through chapter 39, you'll see that it actually says four times in that same chapter that the Lord was with him, okay? Now, you'll see that that come at a very crucial time. When something bad happened, guess what it says? The Lord was with him, which led to, guess what? A blessing, okay? So, if we keep on going down through here, we know that Joseph is again in an unfavorable situation, but God still hasn't forgotten um, I think, though, many people today, if they would put themselves in Joseph's situation, how many people would say, why, God? Why? I've done all that you. You've given me this dream to go and to, to reach other people for you, yet here I am. I've been sold into slavery. 
Okay? I think many people would find adversity today as God actually turning his back. But that could be the furthest thing from the truth. If you know the Bible half as good as I know it, which ain't very much, you know that God's people were persecuted because we're not greater than the Master. If we look through Scripture, uh, back at those verses, we see that Joseph didn't find favor in Potiphar's eyes until what? Does anybody remember? Until he seen that God was with him. Hmm. That ought to tell us something. In fact, I was thinking it. I was thinking about this, and it reminded me of the time that uh, when I go out in public, okay? Paul Sizemore will catch on real quick what I'm about to say. You go out in public and you wear a, a normal shirt, like we all got on this morning, pretty much. You might get a hey, a howdy, a hello, whatever. But now when I wear that shirt that says, the Lord is my rock, that Jesus makes for, people are pretty conversational. They want to know, where's that rock house at? What would you got like that shirt? Really, if they don't say nothing, they're doing this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? And I also believe that Christians would show more of God to others without having to wear a shirt like that. <laughs> and we would do our best efforts in all that we do, very similar to what Joseph did, without a complaint, without a question of why. I think that people would be more willing to see Jesus in what we do than ourselves. Because it's him that does the good work in there, in our bodies. Uh, I want to admit that I'm not perfect. Stacy, don't say anything. Uh, but this week, I made a mistake, and I'm still learning. Mike's trying to teach me a lot, but I'm really slow to catch on sometimes, Brother Greg. I know in life that you can say too much. Raise your hand. I know Kyle's going to, but anybody else, raise your hand if you've been in trouble for saying a little too much at times, okay? Me and Kyle are on the same level, so I can call Kyle out anytime I want to, okay? We raised about the same, you know, just go do what you want to do kind of thing, okay? Well, I've been listening to this audio book. Yes, I said listening, not reading, because when you get kids, there is no that reading stuff. I don't know where anybody finds time, but I've been listening to this audio book called Uncommon. Brother Dan told me about it by Tony Dungy who's a football coach at one time for the Indianapolis Colts, okay? And it's a book about being a Christian in, in life and in sports. And during a chapter in his book, he was talking about marriage. Yeah, I thought that was kind of funny. I bought this book to read about football. Now he's telling me about marriage. God just hooks you however he can hook you, okay? And in this, <laughs> in this book, it said men, as he's reading to me as I'm walking uh, behind the school there, men, he says, you can honor God by, number one, helping your wife with chores around the house that isn't your chores, right? Like I mow grass, sometimes my, I'm a little slow, sometimes it beats me. But like picking up the kitchen, doing the dishes. Anyway, we're going on. My wife and I were doing this one day, and I said, uh, I said, babe, I said, did you know that I can honor God by helping you? She kind of looked at me. I said, well, it's in this book that I've been listening to. She said, I don't know the author, but I really like his book. <laughs> so so I, pray, I pray that we honor God with all that we have and all that we are, okay, every second of our life. Let's don't go a second being prideful. And that's really hard for me. But know that everything's been given to you. You've not earned nothing. It's been bought at a price. Now let's jump back into the verses. 
The end of verse 6 says this. This is the setup I was telling you about. If you've read this, you kind of know. Now Joseph was well-built and handsome. After some time, his master's wife looked longingly at Joseph and said, Sleep with me. But he refused to he, but he refused. Look, he said to his master's wife, With me here my master does not concern himself with anything in his house. And he has put all that he owns under my authority. No one in this house is greater than I am. He has withheld nothing from me except you, because you are his wife. So how could I do such a great evil and sin against God? Takes me to my second point. Our sin is against God. You notice he didn't say, if I do this, I'm backstabbing Potiphar. We've, we've built this trust me and this guy has, and I don't want to do anything to break it. That wasn't his concern. His concern was that he was going to go against God, the Almighty. Hmm. Our series has been titled Life Happens, right? Well, this is life. This stuff takes place. This stuff happens. Joseph was just trying to do his work, and here he falls into a major problem, a bad setup. But as I was reading, I come across some verses that our D group had talked about before. Our brother Dan had actually sent this to us when we were being persecuted one time. I'll be honest with you, okay? And in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 through 4, Paul's writing to Timothy about how to be a pastor and about how to uh, handle these worldly encounters. And he says this, Share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus, whether that's denying your flesh or dealing with somebody else. My favorite one is this, though. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in the concerns of civilian life. He seeks to please the recruiter. Now, it's no secret who the recruiter is, right? <laughs> We're here to please one and only. And Joseph, of course, was before this, but he had this in his heart. We should only want to please God. Now, I believe the hardest thing in life isn't dealing with other people. Although my wife would object. This is not a court of law. So she can't say anything, just exactly. I think the hardest thing is dealing with our own flesh. Would you agree? Removing our thoughts and our wants to look for others, what's best for them. But see, we're kind of like Joseph. We're only in charge of a few things. If you're being honest with yourself this morning, you know that you're not the owner. God has entrusted you with what you have, whether it's your children, whether it's your wife, whether it's your job, whether it's uh, his PlayStation, whatever he's got, God's entrusted that to you and us. And I'm going to paraphrase the next little bit as we go, okay? Because we don't really have time to read all of chapter 39. But as Scripture continues, Joseph continues to do the right thing. No, I'm not going to lie down with you. Okay? And he keeps telling no, 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 and refuses, and it goes on and on and on until one day she pretty much catches him. She's cleared the house. She catches him where it's just him and her. All right? She kind of corners him. She grabs his garment, but Joseph immediately fled, Scripture tells us. But when he fled, obviously his garment was left in her hands. 
So here's the setup, okay? And now, men, you don't have to comment, but women, if you've ever watched God in Light or Young and the Restless, you know what's about to happen, right? There's about to be some rumors that start to fly, okay? He's left his garment here. Hmm. Potiphar's wife goes on to tell a lie. She goes on to tell a lie to the other servants in the household, who might I add, they were a little bit jealous because this old boy just come out of slavery. And now he's in charge of me, and I've been here all this time. Okay? But he was chosen by God. So the master comes home, and he hears this. Verse 17 says, Then she told him the same story, being the master. <laughs> the Hebrew slave you brought to us came to make a fool of me, she says. But when I screamed for help, he left his garment with me and ran outside. Hmm. Now I know you're probably thinking, old Potiphar took his time. He deciphered what was going on. He wanted to know uh, everything. He launched a thorough investigation, probably called it uh, Potiphar Report or whatever would make the news nowadays. But actually, that's not what happened. Scripture tells us he flew mad. And he threw Joseph in prison. So here Joseph is, come out of slavery, okay, in charge of the household, the main thing. A lie gets him caught up in something. And now he's back in prison. And scripture goes on to say this, verse 19. When his master heard the story, his wife told him, These are the things your slave did to me. He was furious. He had him thrown into prison where the king's prisoners were confined. So Joseph was there in prison again. But the Lord was with Joseph and extended kindness to him. He granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. The warden put all the prisoners who were in the prison under Joseph's authority and was responsible for everything that was done there. The warden did not bother with anything under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him. The Lord made everything that he did successful. It takes me to my third point. Take charge of your prison, or in parentheses, your situation. You may be in a situation that you can't help, that you probably didn't put yourself there, or you may be in one that you did. Okay? But there's still something that you can do. I want to encourage you to pray first and foremost and seek what God would have you to do in that situation. Okay? One little note, some scholars, though, go on to say, this is not in the Bible, but some scholars go on to think that the reason Joseph wasn't killed, because you know this probably in those times is terms of stoning or uh, death, they believe, some believe, that Potiphar's wife actually intervened for Joseph so that she could catch up with him later. Some go on to say, though, that Potiphar was a little bit shaky because he knew Joseph. A little bit shaky about the words of his wife. So he didn't want to kill him. But we don't know, we'll never know probably the truth, but we will see that the Lord was with Joseph. And that's the main thing. And I believe that the Lord would quickly take care of Joseph just like he takes care of us. Because he knew God's plan. He didn't complain. He never said why. Okay? 
His 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 faith never wavered. He was always faithful. And if you know you're saved today, you know this in Romans 8, 28. And most of you probably can quote this. You've probably put this somewhere in your journal, okay? You've probably been in the weight room and you've worked out Paul Sizemore probably at one time and he's thinking this in his head. Romans 8, 28 says this. We know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, those who are called according to his purpose. Hmm. So if you're a Christian, you know that no matter what's happening in your life, it's really for God's purpose. It may be a hard time in your life, but God's using that in your life. Now the story is simple to follow. If I would encourage you to read the whole chapter, but it's really easy to follow. Joseph would always do what was right in God's eyes. Okay? Uh, he was blessed in every situation that he was in. But there's an important point before we get to closing that I want to talk about with you. I started with this, and it was adversity. And I'm going to kind of end with adversity. Just because we're a Christian, that doesn't mean adversity isn't going to come our way. In fact, we should actually expect it. Jesus said, obviously, they hate you because they hated me first. That's a paraphrase. Okay, He's talking about the word. The world, I'm sorry. That is the word, talking about the world. Okay? But you should consider it a blessing. It wasn't too long ago that I think I was going through a little something and somebody sent me these verses and I thought, I'm going to hold on to them just for the right moment. And I feel like this is it. James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. James says this about our trials. He says, Consider it a great joy, my brothers, Whenever you experience various trials, I don't know many people that do that, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, but endurance must do its complete work so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. I don't know about you, but I want to go to God knowing that I'm lacking nothing, that I've done all I can do, that he's done all he can do through me, So I wonder how many will lay down at night and pray, Lord, put me in a spot (laughs) that's really tough because I want to be proven of my endurance for you. I don't think we're going to pray that. I think more of our prayers will go like, Lord, thank you for blessing me. Something along the lines of, you know, your continued blessing I look forward to. I don't think I've ever prayed a prayer to where I would say, Lord, send more rain. But he does tell us that he brings rain on the righteous. It's coming. So we just got to know where our faith is, what our house is built on. And like I said before, God promised Abraham that all people would be blessed through you, talking to Abraham. But in Joseph's case, that meant he had to go to the palace to bless people. And he had to go to the pit, the prison, to bless people. And as we get ready to close here today, I pray that we put our faith, we put our trust, our hope, and all of our understanding in the Lord. A little saying that I I wanted to close with, and um, I always 
mess this up before I do. So I'm going to read it word for word so I don't mess it up. Somebody told me in a tough time, they said, we don't know what tomorrow holds, but we know who holds tomorrow. And I got to thinking, wow, what little bitty line can change somebody's view. So let's be that light to somebody. Somebody is a Joseph that you know. Somebody's either on a high and they're about to crash and you're going to need to be there for them or somebody's in the pit and you're going to need to be there for them. It might be us. It might be you. Either way, let's do what God has asked us to do. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for this moment of time together, Lord. Father, I ask that we be more like Jesus. When we look at the example of Joseph, Father, that he gave us, that no matter what adversity or trials that we face, Lord, we say thank you. For this is a test of our spiritual endurance. God, most of all, as we take breath in, as we pray, I thank you for Jesus Christ, for the blood that was shed on that old rugged cross. As Brother Steve likes to say, Lord, it's all about the blood. Without it, we're merely nothing. In fact, you tell us that we are dust. God, watch over us, guide and lead us. I pray that if there's somebody here today, Lord, that doesn't know you, that today be the day of salvation. That a seed be planted in their heart that even though they're going through a tough time, they can look at Joseph and say, God, I know you have a plan. You may just be working through me now for somebody else that's in this pit. This situation is really not all about me. But Father, it's about somebody else that you want me to touch, that you want me to lead. God, I thank you for each and every person whether it be our youth to the eldest in the church, the ones that's gone before us, the ones that'll come. Lord, for their witness to you, I pray that the gospel reach the ends of the earth so that, Father, you will come back and receive your people. Thank you for your love and your mercy. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Thanks again for tuning in today. And remember, the greatest decision that you could ever make is to place your faith in Jesus Christ for salvation and begin a personal relationship with Him. Again, thanks for listening. God bless.